Welcome to AM Best Audio. As captive insurance companies become more and more prominent, so too does the role of the actuary in the captive world. I'm John Weber for Best Review Magazine, and I'm speaking today to Daniel Linton, Senior Consulting Actuary, Pinnacle Actuarial Resources. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. So, Daniel, what is the actuary's role in the formation of a captive? The actuary's role is critical. Uh, I mean, the actuary serves as a trusted advisor in the, in the beginning, the formation phase of a captain, captive for a variety of reasons. Um, one is, you know, the, captive, the actuary needs to be heavily involved in just setting the, the overall structure of the captive, uh, de determining what coverages should go in, how much risk should be retained in terms of, of limits and different types of risks. This should be a dialogue between the actuary, the captive manager, and the captive owner, getting a sense of how this ca uh, captive is going to operate in the coming years. In addition to that, the actuary will begin an actuarial analysis that will estimate the expected losses that will flow through the captive in the captive's first year. And, and based on those expected losses, the actuary can build a set of pro forma financial statements. And what that does is it gives the regulator a sense of what the next three to five years are going to look like from an income statement standpoint and a balance sheet standpoint. You know, more importantly though, with these pro formas, the actuary should design an adverse scenario. And the adverse scenario in these pro forma financial statements gives, gives the user of the report a sense of the ability of a captive to weather adverse experience in its infancy. And that's important because it, it gives the opportunity to look at how much capital the captive is holding uh, in its formation. And is it enough? Is it enough to weather some, some adverse events without an additional cap, capital infusion? So all of these discussions on the front end are critical to the success, to the success of a captive. Do reinsurance costs and available capital play into that decision? Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a balancing act uh, between your reinsurance costs and how much capital you want to hold because in some sense you could, you could lower the amount of risk that you're carrying into the captive. Perhaps instead of a $500,000 per occurrence limit, you, you choose a $250,000 per occurrence limit. What that does is that lowers your required capital because you're, you're taking on less, less risk. On the other hand, it increases your reinsurance costs because you're buying more, more reinsurance in the commercial market. And so there's this tight balancing act as you, as you increase your per occurrence limit, what type of benefit are you getting from the reinsurance space? For example, if I increase my per occurrence limit from 250,000 to 500,000, my expected losses may increase $100,000. Do my reinsurance costs decrease at least $100,000? If not, it may not make sense to take on more risk when the, when the commercial space is going to give you, give you that coverage for less, for less money. And so it, this, it's, a, it's, as I mentioned, just a, a, a balancing act. How do you, how do you leverage the, the reinsurance market with the available capital you have in the captive? And where's that sweet spot um, in, in conjunction with your risk tolerance that will give you a sense of uh, how much risk the captive should retain? Daniel, what's the importance of capital deployment in the captive? You know, that's, that's a really good question. When it comes to capital deployment, this is an opportunity for the actuary, the captive manager, 
the captive owner to have some serious discussions about risk, uh, you know, those types of risks that keep you up at night. Because when it's time to deploy capital or make use of capital, you want to make sure that you're, you're leaving enough what I would call economic capital, capital to support the operations of the captive in the facility to manage the risks that are already there. So throughout the capital deployment process, the actuary can look at uh, tail risk. You know, how much risk is there in the reserves? Could there be $1 million or $2 million of additional adverse development? And if that's the case, you want to be careful not to pull that capital out um, that would you know, expose the, the captive to a higher degree of insolvency. But what's interesting is not even just underwriting risk that you need to consider in the capital deployment process. Uh, you would also want to consider other risks such as asset risk. You know, perhaps your investment portfolio uh, involves 25% stocks and 75% bonds, but interest rates are skyrocketing and there's a risk that your bond portfolio will start showing significant underwriting, uh, underwriting excuse me, uh, unrealized capital losses and that could impact the, sur the surplus of the captive as well. So, and there are a lot of other risks that you want to start to take into account, liquidity risk, credit risk, and once you've accounted for all of these risks, you can determine how much capital you want to hold that meets your level of risk tolerance. And so for what I mean by that is, you know, the board may say, we, we want to hold enough capital that our probability of insolvency is less than 1%. And the actuary can run models based on all the risks that have been identified to get to that target level. Some captive boards may be less risk averse and say we're, we're fine with a 2% probability of insolvency. And in that case, that captive would require less economic capital and a, a larger margin of uh, excess capital beyond the economic to deploy, whether it's in the form of dividends or taking care of other opportunities. It's a, it's a really exciting exercise. It's where the, some really good discussions about risk can come up. And in some cases, you find that there may have been some risk that you hadn't thought about throughout the process. So what's the actuary's role as the captive grows up? You know, once, once the captive is up and running, uh, the, captive ter uh, the actuary serves two primary functions. One is the actuary will review the captive's reserve position once every year. And so, uh, say the captain's been up and running for a year, actual will come in and review the actual lost experience over the last 12 months and set and, and determine a reasonable provision for the outstanding liabilities for all those claims that have been incurred in the first year. More important to that point is management will book a reserve estimate on, on the balance sheet. And it doesn't have to be exactly what the actuary has determined in the reserve report. But what the actuary will do then is review those financials and provide a statement of actuarial opinion that's to be filed with the state, uh, opining on the reasonableness of the reserves. And typically, the opinion is a reasonable opinion. Um, in some somewhat rare instances, the actuary may issue a, a deficient opinion where the reserves are not enough uh, to support the outstanding claims liability. And in some cases, even a redundant opinion where there's just too much reserve sitting on the books. Um, besides the reserve study, we also, actuaries will also do a, a funding study for most captives. And so, like the feasibility process where the actuary set the expected losses, now the actuary is doing that exercise again with another year of experience. Uh, with the, the captive has another year of experience, of claims experience. So, gives the actuary another look, another bite at the apple of setting the rates again, 
just like any other insurance policy would, after a year you get your rates reviewed. Did you have a did you have a car accident? Should your rates go up? Same same idea here. The, the actuary will set set the rates, set the premium for the upcoming year, and then continue continually review that on an annual basis, on a funding study basis and a reserve basis. Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Absolutely, thank you. That was Daniel Linton, Senior Consulting Actuary, Pinnacle Actuarial Resources, and I'm John Weber for Best Review Magazine. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.